The past two weeks, I've been served heaping servings of humble pie. Stay tuned as I explain. Don't hang up that phone. We've found what you're looking for. Welcome to the Let's Talk Cabling Podcast with Chuck Bowser, RCDD. Well, seeing how we're pulling Category 6A, the most powerful twisted tear in the world. you got to ask yourself this one question. Did I pull 295 or 300 feet? Well, do you feel lucky? Do you punk? In this podcast, you'll learn the differences between a 66 and 110 punch tool, the proper way to install a support cable, along with testing and certifying the cable. What exactly does RCDD stand for? Registered Communications Distribution Designer. Just the expert you need to ensure your cable plant performs exactly as designed. The elite professional, knowledgeable, and experienced in leading edge ICT design principles. So join us as we talk about the ever-changing world of telecommunications. From ISP to OSP, from copper to fiber, design to installation. Now, send the new guy to the truck for a bucket of dial tone and the cable stretchers while you listen to an informative program on telecommunications. Welcome to the show where we tackle the tough questions that are submitted by installers, project managers, estimators, IT personnel, and even customers. On this show, we connect at the human level so we can connect the world. If you're watching this podcast on YouTube and you like the content, would you mind hitting the subscribe button and the bell button to be notified when when new shows are being published? That way you won't miss out on the latest, greatest episode. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or some other podcast platform, because we're on all of them, would you mind consider leaving us a rating? Hopefully a five-star rating. If it's not a five-star rating, email me. Tell me what I can do to better. Both of these steps will help us take on those nasty algorithms so more people can hear this message, so we can impact more lives and get more people interested and better in the ICT industry. And also, don't forget our After Hours series broadcast on LinkedIn and YouTube, 6 p.m. on Thursday nights, where you can submit your questions to be answered by your favorite RCDD, me. And it's on LinkedIn and YouTube. But if you missed the broadcast, it's okay. It's recorded and put on the YouTube channel for later consumption. Also, make sure that you send your questions to questions at letstalkcabling.com. Speaking of the webpage, if you go to our webpage, letstalkcabling.com, you will find all of our recorded podcasts, vlogs, and articles. You can also sign up for our newsletter. And also, as a way to help support the learning platform, you can support the channel via Patreon, Amazon links, or donations through PayPal. The service is free. It will always be free. Now, my first piece of humble pie came, as most of you, my audience, probably noticed over the last seven to ten days, a decrease in content. Sunday afternoon, a couple weeks back, I was rushed to the emergency room for what ended up being a three-day ordeal as I was diagnosed with an 8-millimeter kidney stone and its subsequent removal. Even once I was discharged, the procedure was still pretty painful because I was on heavy-duty painkillers and there was no way I could put out content in the condition that I was in. 
So I went from literally watching TV Sunday morning to 90 seconds later calling 911. Let me phrase that. My wife was calling 911. Well, I'm back to 100%. So it's all back to business. And I want to say personally, thank you to all of you who reached out to me to reach to wish me a speedy recovery and pray for me. It, I was truly touched. I did do a post on LinkedIn and over 2,000 people messaged me or, or saw that post to wish me a speedy recovery. It truly, truly touched me. My second piece of humble pie came a little bit later on. Right now, we're in the middle of an RCDD, I'm sorry, a TDMM study group with about 20 to 22 people trying to move their ICT career along by getting their RCD certification. We are about six weeks into this venture, and right now we're in the um, backbone section of the TDMM. And I must say that I'm really amazed and I'm really proud to know this diverse group of people. We have people who have or just brands making new to this industry. We have people who have been around for a while. We have men, we have women, we have all different people showing up. These people will undoubtedly be the next leaders of this industry. Within the past seven days, two people from our study group have sat and passed their RCDD exams. And I think that's pretty amazing just to be a part of that process and that excitement. I would like to take just a moment just a moment to congratulate Atif Aman and Sanesh Raj. Sanesh, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Both of these gentlemen were not participating in the live reviews that we hold on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m., but those are recorded, and then they're put on a special page that only the study group members have access to so they can keep up with the with what's going on with the study group. And then also the practice exams are part of that as well. My final piece of humble pie comes as I realize that glaringly wrong about a subject. You know, the road to self-improvement is not just recognizing when you are wrong, but how you handle that, how you how you issue, take on that issue. But the, it's actually those next steps that make the difference between being average or excelling, right? I've been in industry for 40 plus years. I am an RCDD. I am a Bixie technician. I am a former certified Bixie certified trainer. That doesn't mean I know everything. It doesn't mean I'm always right. But again, it's those next steps after you find out that you're wrong that's going to make the difference. See, if you've been a member of this audience for a very long time, or if you're one of my students, you've heard me say that there are four ways that a question can be actually answered. And those four ways are, number one, it was the way that you were always taught. It was the way that it's always been done. Well, that might be, might not be right. It just kind of all depends. It really does. The second way that you can answer is, how does the codebook say that that work should be done? Now, as we know, the codebook is for safety, minimum quality of construction, so it doesn't really guarantee performance. In fact, it says in the codebook that it, it does not guarantee future proofing or performance. But it does it will ensure that there's minimum uh, hazards to, for the, through the use of electricity. The third way that you can answer a question is, what do the standards say about that particular subject? And then the fourth way is, 
What do the technical manuals say? For example, the TDMM or the ITSM manual. What are the, how do they say that that particular work should be done? And you'll find typically that you'll get four different answers for every single question. So every time I get asked a question, that's, it seems like I'm taking a moment to consider it. I'm literally in my mind going through all four of those steps. Right. Because just because that's the way it's always been done doesn't necessarily mean it's been right. And I, I preach that every single class that I teach just because it's the way it's been done doesn't mean it's the right way. Well, guess what? I fell into that trap. And, I, and, I, and again, like I said, I usually instruct my students and my audience members to avoid that kind of mindset. Right. I, I've relayed that information on and how I've always seen it done. It's not necessarily always the right way. So I recently did a show on MUTOAs versus consolidation points. A MUTOA is a multi-user telecommunications outlet assembly, and a consolidation point is a consolidation point. They're similar, but they're not exactly the same thing. Each one has, they're a little bit different from each other. And I did the show on the differences between those two. If you missed that episode, you probably want to give that episode a listen before finishing this episode. But just to kind of give you a little bit of a recap Right. A consolidation point is an interconnection point in the horizontal cabling run, basically for either a copper or fiber cable. In that episode, I stated that a consolidation point can be either a termination block or two patch panels that are connected together with a patch cord. It was the latter half of that where I was wrong concerning those patch panels. You see, I answered that question from experience, not from the way that the TDMM or the standards say that it had to be done. Again, like I said, just because that's the way you've always done it doesn't necessarily mean that that is the correct way to do that. You see, as a, as a technician, I have installed plethora of consolidation points where we put in two patch panels and we connect them together with patch cords. Again, it's standards. Standards are voluntary. Can you do that? Sure you can. Does that guarantee the performance for the customer? Maybe not, right? That's why they say not to do that. Well, a listener pointed out that they thought that what I said was wrong. Now, I've learned a long time ago, just because you get challenged because you thought something was wrong doesn't automatically mean that you rear up and say, oh, no, I'm right. I always step back a moment and am always conscious of the fact that I can't be wrong. And nothing is... Nothing is more irritating. Nothing is more, what's the word I'm looking for? Nothing is more, to a person, when someone comes across to you that they know everything and they think they know everything, but yet they're saying something that you know, you absolutely know that it's wrong. You know, so I make sure I don't ever come from a place of anger. When So when, and if I remember correctly, I believe it's, in fact, I even left those, those comments on that YouTube video so everybody can see it. I didn't delete it. I left it out there for the whole world to see. It's like rubbing salt in a wound to me. But if I'm wrong, I want everybody to know that. I want you to know that something I did say was wrong. So that way you can get the right information. And I do believe that that information came from one of my subscribers called 13 Serpents. 13 Serpents. If you are watching this, thank you so much for pointing this out to me. And also... Email me, please, because you had asked me a question about 
568A versus 568B testing pass fail thing. I got some answers for you. I, I contacted both Fluke and Softing, and I got some pretty interesting answers. And both of those companies would like to see those test results. So that way we can analyze it a little better. So again, like I said, I didn't get angered because somebody challenged me. How dare they? I'm an RCDD. I'm right. No, no. I don't come from a place of anger. They challenge me. Now, usually when somebody says you know, that what I said was wrong, I usually ask them, well, what is your source of information for that? And the reason I do that is so I can go look at your source and I can compare. So I can understand why there's an issue here, why whether I'm right or wrong or whether you're right or wrong. Because it might be an issue where that you, you know, I'm looking at an old version of a document. You're looking at the new version of a document or vice versa. I want to understand before I move forward. I've been wrong before and I most likely will be wrong again, right? And you learn the most from your mistakes, not from doing things right. You learn most from your mistakes. Just to kind of give you an example, this whole YouTube channel, this channel and my other channel, the Bowser Journal, those YouTube channels are because of a failure. I did, I went to, I work for a large connectivity manufacturer and I got sent to corporate to make some videos and they put me in front of the videos and let's just say that, well, no, 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 I'll just say, I'll just say it right out. I performed so poorly that they couldn't even use one clip, one clip. I failed miserably, miserably. So, of course, I had to tell my boss that, which was not a fun conversation. Luckily, my boss was a very understanding person. But again, that was a failure. And that failure is because I had this, I had this, I don't like being in front of a camera. I know, you, Chuck, you're in front of a camera right now. I know, I'm working on it. I'm really good at hiding things sometimes. I don't like being in front of a camera. So because of that, I decided, okay, I'm going to start making videos. And I'm going to start putting them up. Now, initially, I did it on my other channel, the Bowser Journal, talking about homesteading and stuff like that, because that's what I was most comfortable with. And I was, and in my mind, those videos were for my family. I was doing because my family's always asking me, "What are you doing on the farm?" And then that started taking off. There, we're at almost a thousand subscribers on that channel now. And then once I got that under the belt and I felt comfortable enough, I was like, "I need to do one about cabling." I need to take this information out of my head and send it to those people out there who are desiring the information. And I've gotten better at it. I still don't think I'm good, but I've gotten better. I've gotten a lot better than that time in corporate. Now, getting back to my previous thing, I was wrong. And again, I always tell everybody, every class that I teach, every, every time somebody asks me a question, I always preface it with, I know a lot, but I don't know everything. And what I mean by that is, when you look at the TDMM, the Telecom Distribution Methods Manual, there's over 2,000 pages in that book. 2,000 pages. If each page had 300 words on, on the page, then there's going to be 600,000 words in the TDMM. 600,000 words. Like I said, I am an RCDD and I did pass, I did read the TDMM and I passed my test on the eighth edition, not the 14th edition. 
And as I'm reading through the 14th edition in our study group, we do 70 pages every week. And as I'm reading through it, some of the stuff I remember reading, some of the stuff I look at that and I go, that can't be right. And then I go look at my old copy, my old 8th edition copy, and sure enough, it is in there. So there's no way you can remember all 2,000 words. I tell people quite often, being in the communications industry is like being in the automotive industry. What I mean by it is, in the automotive industry, are you a mechanic? Are you an auto painter? Are you uh, the person who designs cars? Or are you the salesman who sells cars? Each one of those have certain expertises that, that help them. It's the same thing in the communications world. For example, I, I mentioned 13 Serpents, and he asked me that question. And I'm, I've, got, I've got the answer for it, but I want to give it to him before I give it out to the group. Maybe I might put that in my podcast, next podcast. His question during one of the after hours live sessions was, Chuck, I've got a, and I'm paraphrasing here. These aren't his exact words, and I'm, I'm trying, hopefully I get this correct. He said that he had a cable that was terminated 568A, and it failed. He re-terminated to 568B, and then it passed. And he asked me, why would it pass on B but not on A? It stumped me. I was like, well, it shouldn't. They should perform exactly the same. Now, I've reached out, like I said, to Softing and Fluke and got answers for them, and, and they both want to see those test results. And I would love if he, he would send that to us. But, you know, it made perfect sense. You know, was the second time, the first time not terminated as well as the first time? You know, really like to see the performance on those pins three and six, right? So I reached out to subject matter experts for that particular question. If I get asked a labeling question, I'm going to reach out to my buddy Todd right, at Brother Systems. He knows it inside out. He just did a great, a great show just last week on labeling and UV. Yeah. So I don't know anything about labeling, but I know enough to reach out to that resource. So like I said, the TDMM has 2,000 pages. So the, the, the 13 servants, the audience member who said that they got their information from the 13th edition of the TDMM. He knew that I had the 14th edition, so he was not necessarily sure that whether the verbiage had changed in the 14th edition as it did in the 13th edition. One of the members of our study group is actually has a copy of the 13th edition, and I had them look up that verbiage in the 13th edition, and sure enough, it matched exactly verbatim what was in the 14th edition. Those two verbiages were identical. Now, course, first thought that goes through my mind is, hmm, that can't be right. I must be misinterpreting this. So I reached out to a couple friends of mine, a couple trusted peers in my industry. Because like I said, I, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people because I've been around for a long time and I've taught a lot of people and I've been to a lot of Bixie conferences. I've had a lot of bosses. I've known a lot of engineers. So I reached out to them for clarification because obviously I had to be right. Obviously, I had to be right. There's no way I could be wrong. So I reached out to them. And sure enough, they responded back to me. Chuck, the verbiage is correct. You're wrong. But but I've done jobs. I've done jobs where we've done it that way. I mean, after all, I'm an RCDD. How could I be wrong? Right? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, they both chimed in. And they both said, no, no, it's wrong. The consolidation point is for an interconnection, not cross-connection. Now, 
thank God, as when I reach out to, to my to my peers, one of those is an engineer, a very well trusted engineer that I know, and he he, he kind of said the exact same thing I did. He said, "There's customers out there that have two patch panels in their consolidation point, and those patch panels are connected together with cabling." So let's dive into the details and explain why I was wrong. So that way you can learn from my mistake, right? So when you're talking about a consolidation point, you're running a cable from the horizontal cross connect in the telecom room to the consolidation point. And then you're going to terminate it on a 110 block or some type of a connection block. And then you're going to continue that four pair cable on to the MUTOA. Let's look at what the 14th edition of the TDMM actually states. It's on page 5-29 if you want to look it up yourself. It says, the CP, or consolidation point, is an interconnection point with the horizontal cable system. Like the MUTOA, a consolidation point may be used for balanced twisted pair cabling or optical fiber cabling. One of the biggest applications for consolidation points is actually in a open office environment. Open office environment basically just means modular furniture. Modular furniture is easy to install, lowers construction costs, increases creativity and productivity. That's why they like to use them. So again, customers will run a horizontal cable, horizontal cables to that consolidation point, terminate them on a block, and then run cables from that consolidation point to that MUTOA inside of the modular furniture. That benefit provides from that is if they move that modular furniture, then, then the cable only has to be replaced from the consolidation point to the new location of the modular furniture instead of having to run a cable all the way back. So the key word in that sentence was interconnection point. Interconnection point. And that was where I was wrong. Again, like I said, I've done projects where we did patch panels connected together with patch cords. That is a cross connection. Cross connection, not interconnection. So you have to really understand those, those definitions very well to be able to dive into that whole concept. So what I did was I went and looked up those Definitions, interconnection and cross-connection. I looked them up in both the, the telecom distribution methods manual and also the ICT, uh, Bixie's ICT uh, guide. And just to verify the verbiage, because like I said, you've got to you know, understand that sometimes some publications get published before others. It defines it as an interconnection as a device for the direct connection of a cable to another cable without a patch cord or jumper, for example, pass through bulkheads. It offers a alternate definition as well, right? And the alternate definition says a type of connection which a single port equipment connections, for example, copper or optical fiber connectors, attach to horizontal or backbone cabling by means of equipment cords or optical fiber jumpers. And again, that's from the Bixie ICT Terminology Handbook 2.0, which matches the TDMM. So the second one comes from the definition is a cross connection and it's defined again as a connection scheme between cabling runs, subsystems and equipment using patch cords or jumpers 
that attach to connecting hardware on the end. So the cross connection. So when you have that patch panel or two patch panels in that consolidation point connected together with patch cords, that is a cross connection. You actually have two splice points for lack of a better term, because that's what it really is. When you plug a RJ45 or an APHC into a patch panel, it, that's basically a splice. And now you have two of them. And if those cables or patch cords get bumped, moved, jiggled, disconnected, even though the consolidation point's in a secured location or secured uh, in the ceiling or below the thing, that, that can knock somebody down. With an interconnection, because you're terminating the cable on that termination block, and then you're putting a clip on top of it, like a C4 clip or C5 clip, and then you're terminating on top of that, that's only one connection point. Now, will will that system work? Will they, the system of two patch panels with a patch cord still work? Sure it will. 99% of the time. But remember why we have standards. We have standards to guarantee performance. As my as my peer Kevin would say, my my the instructor for the western half of the US, he verbs this perfectly. He says, the standards creates a box. And if you stay within that box, you know that that cable plant is going to work the way it's supposed to. So you want to stay within that box. And because standards are voluntary, though, yes, absolutely, you can still use two patch panels connected with the patch cord, but do expect a slight impact of performance. Do expect a potential for service call. So lesson learned. Thank you, 13 Serpents. And I hope that you learned something from this as well, too. Be humble. Don't you will get things wrong, especially my my people in my study group who are starting the RCD. Once you get your certification, there's a there's an added layer of responsibility that everybody's going to be looking at you a little bit differently because you've got that RCDD now. And they're going to ask you questions. And I'm going to be quite honest with you. You're going to get asked questions sometimes that you don't know the answer or you don't remember the answer. Be humble. Be humble. Be open-minded and humble. Right? That's why, again, you always start off with, where did you get your information from? Let me research that. And then when you report back, report back the truth. If you were wrong, like I am right to here right now, if you're wrong, lay it out on the table for the world to see. Because that's a statement of character. It's okay to be wrong. It's what you do with being wrong that makes a difference. So I hope you enjoyed this show and and I, I certainly apologize for being wrong in that previous episode on that one thing, but I'd certainly learned from it as well. And again, and also from the other two pieces of humble pie that I had this week. So until next time, be safe. That's it for this episode of today's podcast. We hope you were able to learn something. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future content. Also, leave a rating so we can help even more people learn about telecommunications. Until next time, be safe.